Before we get into this episode of Conversations with Dwyer, I want to invite you to check out themattdwyer.com. There you can find merchandise like t-shirts or phone cases with the logo created by Charlene Yee. And you could become a Patreon subscriber. $5 a month gets you everything you could want. There's bonus material, videos, extended interviews, blogs. I sometimes do a podcast that solely lives on Patreon where I talk to comedians about the music they like. TheMattDwyer.com. Explore it. Also, all social media is there. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played me in is called No More No More Candy by Cash and Sky. And my guest today is Henry Cash, who is also in Starcrawler. Cash and Sky is a side project he's doing with his partner Sophia Sky. It's kind of a country-ish, but you know what it sounds like. I just played some of it for you. Anyway, uh, it's out on Third Man Records. It's a seven-inch. Link is in the show notes, so you could go buy it. As I always say, please buy music. Don't just stream it, especially if you appreciate an artist. It's very important to buy and support. Um, I buy records or digital downloads all the time, but I have a problem. I have an addiction to music. Uh, I used to have an addiction to drugs and alcohol, but I've channeled that addiction into music. I still spend money I don't have, often. Uh, but the difference between buying a record and a, opposed to a bottle of tequila is when the record is over, you can just flip it over and start it again. When the bottle of tequila is over, you just feel like shit and you make mistakes. And boy, did I make mistakes. Anyway, uh, I Henry Cash, I saw Starcrawler a few years ago. I saw their video for I Love L.A., a song of theirs, and I immediately was like, these people are going to do well. This is going to be popular. And I believe I'm correct. And uh, I also thought Henry and Arrow, I was like, those people are going to be at doing music for a long time to come. And I think, I think I'm right. I think Henry will be doing interesting music for decades to come. And if I'm wrong in that, I won't know. Because probably when Henry is 45, I probably won't be on this earth anymore. I hope I am. But if I am, I've probably only got about five more years left in me, if I'm lucky. <laughs> I know that's kind of morbid, but it's also, you know, I'm no spring chicken. Uh, like I said, in the show notes, you could buy that. All things th- uh, Cash and Sky, Starcrawler. There's also links to Matt Dwyer. If, also, if you need a website, you could, there's a link in there to, for a website builder, my partner, Kelly R. Dwyer, kellyrdwyer.com. If you need a website, she does my website, mattdwyer.com or themattdwyer.com. She also does Ologies, My Favorite Murder, a bunch of others. Uh, so if you need a fancy pants website, check her out, reach out to her, get a website. Speaking of themattdwyer.com, if you like Starcrawler, you could go... At, we, Henry and I talk about uh, Wayne Kramer. Wayne Kramer's been on the show twice from the MC5. We talked about Danny Bland three or four times what Danny Bland's been on the show. Uh, I've had most, a ton, ton, a lots, tons and most of musicians. So 
I don't know, check out the past episodes. I'm sure there's going to be some stuff you like. Also, I'd like to make a correction. In the conversation with Henry, I make a comment that the Blasters and the Alvin brothers, same thing, are from Bakersfield. I was wrong. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. They're from Downey. They're famously from Downey, California. But for some dumb fuck reason, I thought they're from Bakersfield. I think they were highly influenced by the Bakersfield music scene, like Buck Owens and dudes like that. That's where I think I tripped up. But I don't want to spread the rumor that they're from Bakersfield when they're from Downey and proud of it. Never been to Downey. Though I thought about moving there. Never been there. Thought about moving there because that's who I am. I do things without thinking. <laughs> um, so that should be it. Please go to themattdwire.com slash episodes. Become a Patreon subscriber. Buy the merch. Buy music by Starcrawler and Cash and Sky. Uh, again, check out my show notes. Show notes are always filled with good wisdom and things of goodness. So enjoy this conversation now with Henry Cash. Well, I've been over Altadena, Pasadena. I'm in Pasadena now, but uh, my whole life. But oh, really? Uh, for, it, some, for some reason? Yeah. I was under the impression you were a, like a Silver Lake guy. No way, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did I borderline insult you? <laughs> no, you're all good. I just... All, um Arrow lives on that side of town, so I'm there all the time, but no. Uh, I'm I'm a Pasadena boy. <laughs> I've always like I'm from Chicago, but like the first time I went to Pasadena when I moved here, I was just like, I wanna fucking live over here. Like it's a whole better it seems yeah. like people have caught on now and are starting to move this way. Yeah, I know. It's a thing now. I'm starting to but... uh gang tag buildings just to scare everybody away. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I I just assumed like because is like Arrow. I just and you went to high school together, so I did, that was just assumed yeah. that you guys. So were, I took yeah. We went to school in downtown together, and I took the train from Pasadena to downtown every morning, and so I met her in downtown, and then she was living in Echo Park when we met, but she grew up in Echo Park, so. But and then the the band was everybody would either say we were from Echo Park or from Silver Lake and so that's how it all started. <laughs> that's how the rumors started. <laughs> well, it's like if you're a band in LA, everybody's going to assume you're from one of those two. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, but I like the not trafficy part of being in Pasadena. It's just so um, much better. It's like I don't know. I feel like I. Like I used to live in Echo Park, and I just always, I just always felt like, I don't know, not cool enough to be quite honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of pretentiousness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, like a, a person shouldn't have to worry about their shoes. Like I was just like, oh my, I don't know, my shoes are kind of, I don't know if I should be here. Yeah, maybe that's my own it's all, head bullshit. It's it's the expensive restaurants that get me, you know, like little plates of gourmet food it's not really my vibe what is, what is more your vibe have you been to lucky boy in pasadena i haven't is that a it's, diner no it's like 
it's kind of a fast food, but it's breakfast burritos. They're really good. Um, like you said, Roma's really good. That that kind of thing. More just um, family-ish owned stops. But. Yeah, that strip on Lake. There's a bunch of like soul food and fried chicken and. Yeah, I've actually haven't like I always drive by and be like I gotta go there and I never do because I'm lazy, Henry. Yeah, there's in the markets, um, just, you know, different kinds of markets. We got Super Kings. <laughs> Have you been to Super King? <laughs> yeah, I do. I usually hit the. I do all the shopping, so I do like Super King, Grocery Outlet, to put you know. Yeah. Uh, good good stops. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of bummed it's getting trendy over here. I don't know what you would call it, but it's, I'm just like, fuck, go away, man. This is why I moved here. Yeah. You know, it's with everything, but yeah, it's crazy expensive now. But. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we moved here and it was like super cheap, and then now there's like, they're building luxury. It's like those fucking yeah. luxury. And you must be more pissed off because you grew up here. So is that like, does that bum you out even more? I mean, they're getting everywhere, like even different parts of the world we go to and it's all the same shit happening. So like, you can't get too bummed out. That's, you know, <laughs> I can't let it bring me down, <laughs> but it's yeah. not just us. Uh, yeah, that's but true. Do you ever, it's th- going to happen to Boyle Heights too. And just a bunch of, you know, places where people are getting kicked out of their places. And it's a bummer. It seems like Boyle Heights and MacArthur Park have been able to hold on longer than most, but Boyle Yeah, Heights- as soon as that bridge comes up, though, they're going to gentrify that whole area. The Six Street Bridge, as soon as that's over. That's a... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel bad because I moved to Echo Park 20 years ago, so I, in some way, was kind of yeah. the problem. But it also fit my income. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, know. I was poor, so it was like, where the fuck else would I go? Yeah, where else are you going to live? You can't, you know, rent so expensive now. Uh, do, you, um, do you ever think about getting out of L.A., or is that just not a possibility? I really like um, Pasadena. <laughs> and... <laughs> There's just so much work here that I wouldn't think would be anywhere else for music and stuff. So I wouldn't like to leave, but if I had to, you know, I would. Yeah. We, but you, yeah, we, we think about it, but it's just like, I don't know. I've been here 20 years, almost as long as you've been alive. (laughs) Yeah. Does that because I was reading that and it's like people bring up how young you are a lot. Does that drive you crazy? Do you, are you kind of like, can we just move on from this and focus on me as a musician? No, I, I, it allows me to be shittier. And <laughs> people are like, oh, he's young, so it's okay. <laughs> but I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I think you're kind of a badass on guitar. Am I... Like, I, don't th- I don't think of you as shitty as all. Like, I remember when I first heard you guys, I didn't even, like, I just heard it, and I was like, holy fuck. And then I started reading about you, and you, at the time you were all, like, in your teens or something, and it was kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. It kind of still feels like we're still 16. Do you, like, th- um, think about, like... Uh, I don't know, because I had, like, a mild success when I was around your age, too, and I didn't think about it, but it it 
it ran out. And I, <laughs> I was like, do you think about that at all? Like, uh, like hanging on or do, or do you just do what you do? I just try to do as much as possible and, you know, Starcrawler too. And just everybody, we just try to work really hard and take advantage of the scenario we're in and, you know, not just be like, Oh yeah, we have a record deal. So we'll just sit back and do nothing, you know? And we're, we're happy to go out on tour. A lot of people complain about, Oh, we have to go on this long tour. It's like, I'm grateful to do this. Super grateful to be put in a place where people actually want to listen to my music. So, uh, yeah, just producing as much as possible while people still care. <laughs> <laughs> but you seem, just from what I've read, like you've been ambitious and driven from a pretty young age, which is, I don't know, I would say is pretty, that your ambition was to get the fuck out of high school is pretty yeah. impressive to me. And I wish I dropped out of high school, just as a side note, and I should have. <laughs> yeah, well, my pa- my parents wouldn't let me. So me and Arrow had a talk. We're like, look, we got to really, we got to practice every day because I want to get out of this place. And you graduate before me. So if, if we really get trucking and we get on tours, then I have a reason to drop out. And so we did. We rehearsed every single day after school. Her grandmother would pick us up drive us to her grandparents' house, we would rehearse, and then that's kind of, we, we would send out emails, we made demos, and we'd send out emails to a bunch of record labels, and it's pretty old-fashioned, but, and then we got, then I got to drop out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was everyone around you like, holy fuck, how'd you pull, like, I don't know, and what did you hate, what did you not like about the heights? Because you were going to an art school, and one would think that would be kind of like a decent school yeah it was definitely the best case scenario as a high school but i just wasn't my head wasn't in being in a school for eight hours a day like i loved my music classes but other than that and just like the whole um being a high school kid and like prom and all that bullshit (laughs) just wasn't my i wasn't there I was right with you. I, I, I wasn't in the headspace of yeah, let's go play Call of Duty and get beers. Like that was that was never me. But yeah, I was kind of the same way, and I just so and, and maybe it comes off as judgmental, but the same stuff. Like people were like already thinking about like college and becoming getting jobs, like jobs, and I was like, this all sounds fucking terrible. Like I don't want to fucking get up every day and drive to the city fuck you <laughs> that doesn't sound like life yeah yeah i remember um we had to do these like uh forms to fill out of yeah forms we had to fill out of like career plans and we had to have a backup and i was either going to be a musician or a zoologist <laughs> So I'm glad the whole music thing worked out. Did you even entertain being a zoologist or was that just like, just bullshit? Not really, but I had to put down something. (laughs) (laughs) And I like animals. So I was like, that's the only other thing that I could maybe think of doing that I would enjoy. But yeah, I just, I have a pet, I have a pet pig. Oh, do you? Yeah. Does it live with you? Obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've thought of it. Do you eat meat? 
I eat meat, but I don't eat pork. Yeah, pork seems kind of fucked up because I mean I don't eat meat, but I used to. But pigs, I don't know. They don't. It doesn't seem right to me. Like they seem too smart and too. Aware. Yeah. I mean, really, it's all fucked up, but I just haven't been able to cut it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I sort of I was getting I lived kind of hard when I was in your yeah. years. I was stuffing mm-hmm. my nose with drugs and things. So, like now that I have kids, I'm like, oh, I probably should try to hang in there for a while. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, I try. I'm trying to limit my meat intake just to feel a bit better but you know because every time you meet like you say oh yeah eating a pig fucked up but then you get you hang out with a cow and you're like fuck man there when you look into an animal's eyes it's like oh shit but then you feel bad but if you don't think about it you're fine (laughs) so yeah uh yeah, because I have dogs, and it's like when people are like, "Oh, they," it's like they have emotion. Like, there's no, yeah, there's no way. I don't feel so bad about fish. Yeah, I don't either. Weirdly, yeah, I've never cut. You know, you can't like cuddle with a fish. Well, you see that? Did you see that octopus documentary? The guy in the octopus? No. It was on Netflix. Um, I forget what it's called. But uh, it's really good. It's about a guy that makes friends with an octopus. He goes into the, he's in like South Africa and he goes diving every day for a year and befriends this octopus. That's fucking wild. It's pretty wild. I mean, my wife says, who's smarter than me, says like that octopuses, like she was like, we can't eat those either because they're also super intelligent and I'm going to take her word for it. That's crazy. Like, I wonder if he went back now, like a couple of years later, if the octopus would be like, Hey Carl, what's up? Like, like remember him. I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> I appreciate that. But, but, they, but they talk about it. They that's, talk about all that. That's really wild. What's your pig's name? Yeah. Beasley. Beasley. That's a good name. Yeah. It's a, it's a trip. It's like having a three year old. What do you do with Beasley when you go out of town? My my parents take care of him. Are your parents cool with that? Not really, but they, <laughs> they, they, they do it. But he is he house? Do you have to like take Beasley on a walk and everything? Like do you, like in the morning or does he? Not really. He he goes in and outside, and uh, he decides when he goes in and outside. He he'll open the door. Um, and if the door's locked, he'll still find a way to open the door. Really? They're, they're strong. So, yeah, he'll just barge the door until, like, it kind of breaks and cracks. Um, yeah, he, he does what he wants. We're on him. We're on his <laughs> clock. How is that to but, find a place? I don't know if you... Do you rent? Because I'm, I'm like, how do you tell a landlord, like, I got a pig? Luckily, our landlord has been friends with us for a very long time, so they're cool with it. <laughs> I just... Yeah. Because it sucks to there, find there, it. Yeah, there were no questions asked. I just brought it home. 
because it's like to find a place when you have dogs, people are like, fuck no. Like, it's so hard yeah. to find a place with do- that'll take dogs in LA. And I can imagine they'll be like, oh, yeah, pig's cool. Yeah, no, if I have to move, I'm fucked. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw an an interesting quote from you that when you said when you were younger you felt lonely in the music that you were listening to, and I found that to be like an. Do you recall that? Or because often I bring up quotes and people are like, "I have no fucking idea what you're talking about." Yeah, I think what I meant by that was that uh, not in the music, but that nobody else listened to the same type of music as me. Like, and so I was super into like Wayne Kramer and MC5 and nobody I had nobody to talk to about it that was my age um until I went to high school and I met Arrow she was the first person and she found me just by the t-shirts I was wearing like the cramps and stuff she's like oh this this guy looks like he plays instruments he wears like band t-shirts um but I just when I was younger in elementary school I was still like fascinated with music and that was all I was thinking about and nobody was quite on that. Um, nobody was quite into it yet. You were listening to the MC5 in elementary school? Yeah. That's fucking... Yeah, I, I was... I remember being like five years old and going to Tower Records. There was still a Tower Records in Pasadena. And I saved up my money and bought the Ramones Anthology. And they mismarked it for like 15 bucks when it was supposed to be like 30 bucks. <laughs> And I walked it up and I was with my, I was with my dad, but I walked it up and I was paying with my own money and they were like, Oh, I don't know about this. And I got so scared. It was like, well, what did I do wrong? And then, but they had to sell it to me since they mismarked it. But I was super into all types of music. I grew up in a very musical family. So it was just normal. Your, but, your dad played, right? And your yeah, uncle? My dad played. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd go to, they would always bring me to shows like Peter Case was a huge influence on me. Um, we'd always just go see him and he was, when he would come down, he was at the house. So I'd see a bunch of musicians that played music professionally. And so it just was like, Oh, this is a thing that people do. Um, so it seems like something realistically that I could do if I worked hard. And I remember Peter gave me all the cassette tapes of the nerves and um, the nerves and the breakaways. And I practiced playing drums to the cassette tapes. And uh, I got really into vinyl and Jack White and like it might get loud documentary was like a huge influence on me. Just like the moving out the bed and just like wanting to record music. And so was it, is your dad a professional musician? I know your uncle is, and he's played with, like, Ryan Adams and stuff. Is Was your dad professional as well? I mean, my dad's always been performing his own music, and he never really toured much, but he played around that way a lot, and he's a great musician. And is it... But he, he hung out with a bunch of really amazing musicians, too, and everybody was just super catering to me, learning all these great musical influences so you got like an education that i mean that's pretty young to i mean most people don't get that much input and that's pretty did you know that it was like this is special or was this just like hey this is my life 
Well, I didn't have anybody that's. To, it wasn't like a big deal. Like I couldn't go to school and be like, "Oh yeah, I just played with Peter Case." People would be like, "All right, I don't know who the fuck that is. Like that doesn't mean anything to me." But to me, I knew it was it was something special because I'd watch the videos and you know the songs just were great songs and um, Wayne Kramer, you know. Did you know? It, did when, you, do you know Wayne, or did you know Wayne as a kid? I didn't know Wayne as a kid, but I knew the records. I went to Amoeba and bought. I remember where I bought each record. I bought um, the Kick Out the Jams, and just like when you put it on and you hear him say the F word, it was just so good. Being a kid and listening to the F word, too good. Yeah, I, I, the first time I heard that song, I can exact remember exactly where I was too, and it was like it was like the sky open. It was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. How was it to years later? Because it's weird. Because it, in a weird way, in my head, I sort of equated you with Wayne Kramer. Like I was like, oh, this guy is like. Yeah. So I don't know if that was me making a leap, and that was just me, my own weird brain when I first heard you and saw you. But I was like, oh, this guy's kind of. You reminded me of Wayne. Thank you. <laughs> Did how was that? Like, what was it like when you first met him? And like, I know you guys too. I was supposed to be at that Ford show, and or yeah, the Ford, and I, yeah, I couldn't make it, and I, I was pissed because I was. That's when right around the time I first discovered you guys, and I was like, fuck, what a perfect night, and I couldn't go. I mean, Wayne was super nice, and uh, it was just really cool getting to see him and be a genuine nice person, and all of the stuff he does for Jail Guitar Doors. But it's just that those raw power and those records and, you know, the Stooges too. All the Detroit guitar players just are super good. I don't know. There's something in the water out there. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was amazing getting to meet him. I had him, he signed the back of my guitar the last day of the tour. I was like, well, can you sign something for me? And then he signed it, uh, this tool, Kilt's Hate, uh, a twist on the Woody Guff. Guthrie um, this machine kills fascists or something but it was cool it was great Did you, huge influence were you opening for the MC50 now that I think that was yeah. fuck that yeah we did a tour opening for them <clears throat> yeah I saw them when they played the Terragram Ballroom and I just it was like a fucking right. religious experience like I had, it was easily one of the top five shows I've seen like if not top oh, two cool. did yeah. you did you watch every night I mean I would yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I I usually watch most bands we play with every night. I wondered about that. O- opening or if they're opening for us or if we're opening for them. I like to watch the other bands. Uh, and you never get tired of it. I know that's kind of a stupid question. I know that coming. It just came. <laughs> no, well. Because it's, I see bands like the Foo Fighters, and we've opened for them. And every time we've opened for them, Dave Grohl's just been side stage with his eyes wide open. And I'm like, man, he's had so many openers for him, and he's still out here when he doesn't even need to show up this early. You can't get jaded that quickly, even if you're tired. It's cool. And you see, you get inspired seeing other musicians do things you wouldn't normally do. So it's really cool. 
When you but, yeah, do, is that something you're oh, just that you are personally conscious of? Is like because some people I know a shit ton of musicians and some guys get jaded and I'm like, dude, you have the fucking best life in the world. Are those kind of like things that you try to keep in check? Yeah, it's it's like you said, trying to. Um, I'm just really stoked that we have the opportunity right now to be in all these cool positions of singing these great bands and so I just think it's important to not forget that it's a privilege you know yeah I mean it seems like from my experience just in any form of showbiz there's the people who are humble and just be like all right I gotta fucking work and then there's people who are they they're entitled and they think like of course I'm fucking here and of course they seem to always uh, be the ones that not always but kind of peter out I know a lot of entitled pricks is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, and it, I think it's easy to get um, just fed up. You know, you get fucked over so many times or you're just tired. You're on a shitty tour that you don't have a break. And it's just good to re- always remember so that you could withhold your positive energy, you know, so you don't turn into asshole, your band members and... <laughs> that whole thing yeah people get um you know their egos take away take themselves to a whole another place but it's also important to remember that you're you know a band and y'all are putting in the same amount of time and work into what you're doing and it's a it's a family unit so yeah is that a lot of did you get a lot of guidance in in that with some of the guys you were around as a kid from your uncles and your dad those guys well, I think just from their stories, too. It's the same reason why I'm not fucking all strung out. It's because most of them were sober, and I could see from their mistakes that I didn't want to take that path because, you know, that'll set you back a few years. Yeah, so. I was always, yeah, I was curious about that because, I mean, I know when I was young, I was like, all right, I, I did a show, and I'm going to, pretend i just played carnegie hall and i drink all night and it's like fuck you it's so i don't know it's weird to me that people keep going down that road because i'm like didn't didn't we fucking learn anything myself included (laughs) like yeah and i don't know like i've and i've talked to some other musicians and they were like yeah i can't believe i did it but i did it yeah i think the best bands now that are younger just uh go home after the show <laughs> or even if they do go out they just want to get some good sleep or hang out with some friends but i just think it's not uh it's not the same world anymore and like if you want to sound good and make a good show you have to protect your voice and get rest and shit and i don't know i've seen enough you know you read like wayne kramer's book or any you know autobiography by any of those guys or even the Ramones that were a great band that kept running for a long time. You read like Johnny Ramones book and you see that he was keeping everything together and he wasn't out there getting wasted every night. He was holding down, you know, the business side, which is really important. Were the other guys getting fucked up in the Ramones? I've never read much about them. I just listened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Dee was for sure. And Mar- Margie, but Wayne, but they held down the business. Yeah, I knew stuff about Wayne because I'm I'm pals with Wayne as yeah. well, and I just but, but I never got the good like Wayne would never share the like I would always hear secondhand people like oh he's got this story, 
But when I read the, have you read his book? Yeah. When I read the book, I was like, I knew he was like a troublemaker, but I didn't realize how much of a fucking troublemaker, like robbing houses and yeah. shit, like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also yeah. like if he didn't go to jail, like in a weird way, and I've, this I've talked to him about, if he didn't go to jail, that like set his career off. Cause he, I always forget who the yeah. trumpet player was that he met in jail. But like that, from that he yeah. learned composition, and now you like, mm-hmm. it's like, does he score films if he doesn't meet that guy? Like that's a crazy, like it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And you listen to all these stories. Our Arrow, our singer's boyfriend's dad is Danny Trejo, and you listen to his story and his book, and you know he's got some insane stories of the same kind of thing, robbing places and. You know, going to prison, and he was in prison with Merle Haggard, uh, <laughs> like Folsom Prison or something. I didn't know that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Were they pals? Uh, no, they, they, I don't think they ever like were on the same. Um, they weren't. They weren't in the same group with people. But uh, it's just crazy. That it goes back that far. Yeah, I'm always amazed that people can pull themselves out from that from that big of a hole too it's it's really inspiring yeah yeah uh with you and sky i was because i was curious because, which is i've heard the two songs that, that are that you can get out in the world uh yeah. i'm curious to what inspired you to want to go into that direction to do like something. well yeah so Sophia Sky is my girlfriend and she's been my girlfriend for four and a half years like before Starcrawler was ever touring or any of that shit um, and she's been a musician the whole time too but it just happened to be that you know we would write a song here and there and then there would be songs I wrote or she wrote that just songs that I write that didn't fit Starcrawler they were just too soft or just they didn't have that same rock and roll Rob power energy. And it was just cool to, you know, record the songs and, you know, capture them. And so we, her dad has a studio. And so we'd just been doing that for a long time. And then over quarantine, it was like, Oh wow, we have a bunch of songs. Maybe we should do a music video for them for one of them. Since Arrow's boyfriend does music videos, it'd be fun. It'd be something we could all do. And then we did the music video and then it really, we didn't, we just wanted to put it out ourselves, but then I sent it to my friend Camille and then she sent it to the Benz at third man. And then it all kind of just happened, but it was never an intentional thing. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to do this now, or this is going to be my side thing. It's just like, Oh, we're just recording for fun. Do you have other songs like that that don't fit into Starcrawler or even into this that you're like sort of sitting on? Yeah, there's a bunch of different songs. I just write whatever comes out, but you know, <laughs> some go into the vault and we'll never see the light <laughs> for a good reason. <laughs> but sometimes I've talked yeah. to other people who are like, they would go back and revisit a song. They're like, I thought this sucked and it didn't. Yeah. Do you ever go comb through the old stuff? Definitely. And we've made some good stuff out of that. I think no more candy was one of those where 
um, for Starcaller, like everybody was like, yeah, I don't know, man, it just doesn't seem like the vibe. I don't know about it. And I was like, well, and then, so it was away. And then we dug into it later and I was like, no, this is cool. Let's rewrite the lyrics. Cause at first it was kind of just like, whatever, making fun of our bass player, just like <laughs> for fun. I was just, you know, basically doodling with the song. And then I was like, no, it's catchy. Let me just put some work into it. And then when me and Sophia recorded it, it just turned out to this super fun vibe and it worked. But do, do you have, do you have like a long term, like where you're like, all right, I also at some point I want to do like, I don't know, something weird like Tom Waits or do you just write shit and see where it goes? Do you ever, do you, does that make sense? I don't usually try to write something based upon what I want it, the end game to be. Like I'll just be sitting somewhere playing guitar and I'm like, Oh, whoa, this sounds cool. And then see where that goes. But I, we were also, we did a tour with Beck and something that I stuck with me that he said was, he's like, man, it takes, you know, writing a hundred terrible songs to get to the one good one. But without the hundred terrible songs, we aren't going to get to the good one. And so I just try to write as much as possible and just really be able to go through stuff and dig for stuff out of all those different things. Do you let, do you, cause this is, do you let the song just come out or do you have that in, internal voice sometimes that's going, Oh, this fucking sucks. Or this is great. I, 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 let, I let the song come out and I don't judge it till afterwards. Or I'll I let somebody else judge it. That's what Arrow's really good at uh, deciding whether it's good or not. <laughs> like, and she, she really is. Like, I can show her this. I was like, is this good? And she's like, yeah, that's really good. Or is this good? It's like, no, nah, I don't know. But she's, she's usually 100% right. But then sometimes I'll be like, no, man, you got to do this one, even though you don't like it. To Arrow, and, and she's like, I don't know. And she'll record it, I don't know. And then at the end, she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. That one was really good. Is there other, yeah. do you bounce around? Are there songs that you're like completely passionate about and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, this is it? Or do you, are you pretty neutral the whole process? Yeah, if there's a song I'm, yeah, I'm, that I'm really passionate about and want to do with like Starcrawl, I'm like, come on, just wait for it because it's also most of the time it's a sketch and then I'll do a demo of it and then whether it's to this or to that I'm like come on just wait let us try it and then you'll like it and there's been times where she's like we've recorded something and then she didn't like it and like a week later she's like oh shit I like it like that's really cool but then sometimes it's like you do the same thing and she's like yeah I still don't like it and like, like, cool. it didn't work but, but then it's the same thing I'm not always right and you can't develop that ego I'm always right like it needs to work like sometimes it just doesn't work but, yeah do you ever think about doing like a album where it's all you because I know you play drums and tuba and violin like you're just like do you have you ever done that where you're like alright I'm just gonna do all this shit myself you know on some of these songs I did with my girlfriend like on the No More Candy it's me playing drums it's me playing guitar but it's my brother playing bass and uh, it was like it's like that so we're always having fun I've done songs where it's all me playing I don't want to be just like a the Henry Cash project like that just doesn't interest me 
and I really like not having to like just be the singer, you know, like I really enjoy just playing guitar, but I like, I really like writing songs and making them sound a certain way, but it's cool to just go in with some friends or family and just recording, like having my brother play, you know, Hey, let's go in today. And then with all the like cash and sky stuff, it's always like an hour notice. It's like, yo, let's go in. Are you around? Let's go in and do some stuff. And then I'll bring your pedal steel. And then my brother will come in. Tim from Starcrawler who plays bass. I always call him to play piano since that's the one instrument. I I'm the terrible at. I'm terrible at piano and he's really good. So I call him and I'm like, can you come play some piano? And then we'll jam out the song with me on drums. Sophia singing, Tim on piano and Bill on bass. And then we'll kind of build it from there. Or I'll just go in and record all of it and then have Tim come play piano and Bill steal or whatever. So. Are you trying to get better at piano or do you not care? You know, I don't care. <laughs> as long as I, as long as I have Tim. You know, I can play, if if I really want to, I can play the part I want to, but it's just going to take some time. And I'd rather just do it quickly and uh, move on to the next thing. You're, Uh, it's, I, cause you're a great drummer. Like that's, I noticed, I always listen to the drums, but like the drumming in the candy song, I'm just going to call it the candy song because I'm like, but it's great. Like I, like, I, no noticed it outright like i was like holy shit this is good oh, and i was gonna and then i forgot that i did look and see it was you but i after the fact but it's and because you started as a drummer right yeah i started playing drums and that was my first thing and it wasn't until i met arrow that she's like do you play guitar and i was like yeah i play guitar like because i did but i wasn't just i didn't want to be a guitar player my dad was a guitar player and, uh, you know, just a bunch of people were guitar players. I wanted to be more of a utility guy, like tuba or something that you need that nobody else does, you know, cause I didn't think of myself as a shredder or anything. I just play the chords and, you know, I, I know how to like rock it and that's fun, but I'm not like, I still not like guitar center shredder dude. I just like playing songs. I guess I don't know. Like I still, Cause I, th- I feel like you're, I like your guitar playing a lot. Like the first time I heard you, yeah. this guy's fucking good. I mean, I still like playing, like playing, I like playing like Wayne Kramer or like, you know, Ron Ashton or, but it's just not, uh, like it's not, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm no Randy Rhodes, <laughs> but, but, when you so you pick up guitar just to play f- with Starcrawler, but you obviously you must yeah. have taken to it quickly, and because you're, it, it's not like I mean you're fucking you're good. Did it become an instant passion, or you just dedicated yourself to it? You know, it's just like uh, like I knew how to play guitar, but I also would play a lot of three string guitar because it was easier to just get the ideas out, and it was simple, like less thinking. Yeah. Um, was that a thing before so I, you or did you just, is that a thing? Three string guitar and I never heard of it before. So I was really into this band called morphine. Oh yeah. And they were two string bass, two string slide bass. And then also the presidents, of the United States of America, they were three string guitar, two string bass. Um, and, uh, I was really into that stuff. And then 
I fucked up this one guitar, and so I, I like chips the like bridge saddle so I couldn't put all the strings on it and then that turned into a three string and my dad was always playing in open tunings because he was more of like a blues-ish guy so I knew that if I put my finger across I could make stuff but with all the extra you know um, all the extra strings it was just the open tunings didn't make as much sense but the first three it always made sense so that's how that kind of started and then I also played standard and but it just became more of like a, like a home where within three strings, I was super comfortable and I knew where to put, like, I wasn't, I was doing more complicated chords just to get weird stuff out, but I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, I played three strings and it was fun. How'd you land on tuba? Um, well, I just wanted to play the utility <laughs> instrument that I could get hired for, but it was hard to carry around all these years, but I just thought it looked the coolest. Uh, you don't hear this a lot, but I like tuba and I grew up with my grandparents listening to, listen to polka music. And then you move to LA and there's all the, yeah. the, um, ranchero, which is just, the same. Yeah. it's pretty much the same as polka. Yeah. It's. In, in middle school, um, I went, also went to an arts middle school in Pasadena. I went to McKinley School, and that's where I started tuba. And they also, they also had a mariachi band for a second, which I did. And uh, bunch of, I did anything I could get my hands on. I like uh, did first did violin, because that's all they uh, let little kids do, like kindergartners. But I was never good at the violin. Um, and then I switched to tuba and you were first it was euphonium because I wasn't big enough for tuba and then percussion. And so I was playing percussion in school and concert percussion. And that's kind of how I switched to drums. But, Do you still fuck around with the violin? No, I wish. <laughs> I want to, I, I want to buy one just so I could maybe do some fiddle stuff. My brother, I, what I've been doing more lately is I'm like, oh shit, I'll buy this instrument, hand it to my brother and be like, yo, you got to really get good at this. And then he just picks things up really easily. Like I gave him, we, we bought a pedal steel together and with hopes of us both being good at it, only he's good at it, but it took him like a month and now he's like recording on sessions and shit, man. I was like, cool. Well, now I have a free pedal steel player. Yeah, I have and a friend. So he who, plays fiddle too. Pedal steel is. I have a friend who's a plays pedal steel, and that he fucking works all the fucking time. And he tours with yeah. everybody. There's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's still there, but you know that big, like apartment that's near the park in Pasadena. It's like a fucking castle. That huge old building. Yeah. There's like uh-huh. a violin repair guy in that. There, there used to be. A guy would fix like string instruments. I'm just wondering if he has oh, like, well. a cheap violin for you, or we could smash the window and just take one. That's what yeah. Wayne Kramer would do. Yeah, I th- I think I have like a I have a messed up violin from when I was in kindergarten, but not a good one. <laughs> I just I just want to be able to play like some standard fiddle stuff. I'm really into country music as well. As weird as that sounds, but. No, I'm. I so, I don't think it. Who do you like country-wise these days? Um, I like these days not much, but um, 
I love like Buck Owens and the Buckaroos, like Don Rich. I loved Hee Haw. My mom was like super into Hee Haw. So growing up, I watched a lot of like Roy Clark and George Jones would come on. And so I love all the standard, uh, like Patsy Cline too, Wanda Jackson, Loretta Lynn, Conway Twitty. Um, all the super old stuff because there's amazing guitar playing and just everybody's so good. Yeah. But, yeah. My dad was a big Roy Clark fan. Like Roy Clark is fucking badass. Yeah. And Buck. Yeah. I hear he was, I hear Roy Clark was also an asshole. Oh. But, <laughs> but yeah, they're all super good. And Johnny Cash too. And, um, Waylon Jennings and pretty much all the star crawler really loves country music too, which is something not a lot of people know, but Arrow's super into it, Tim, and also the drummer. And so the drummer, Seth, who plays on uh, sweeping wet floors, the B side, I was like, Oh cool. He's been our friend for a long time. And I was like, cool. Now I have him for this project. And then we fell out with our old star crawler drummer. And I was like, God damn it. Now I don't have Seth for this project. Now Seth's in Starcrawler. You can't, you can't comp him? No, I'm already doubling up on Jim and <laughs> Bill, my brother. Can't steal everybody. Why not? It's showbiz, man. It's an ugly business. Yeah. But, yeah, I, we found some really great people that played. We just played a show, and the band was super good, so I was super stoked on the people we found. But... Was it weird to have like a year off? Because you guys, I mean, Starcrawler yeah. has worked insanely hard. I was, and I know you did this project over that time, but was was that just? Were you like fucked? Is going losing your mind? Well, Starcrawler's been recording the whole time, pretty much. Like we took a couple months off, but then we we're like, okay, let's. We finally have time at home. Let's get our asses working, and so we've been recording a record and mixing it. And I think it sounds great. And, uh, but yeah, I feel out of shape as to like playing a show, you know? Yeah. Like jumping around and all that shit. So I've been going on runs just so I get my lung capacity back to being able to do the whole hour and something show. Yeah. It's imp- like, I, uh, David Yao from the Jesus Lizard, like when they did their reunion tour, he, got a trainer so he could work like four hours a day because he's like there's no fucking way it's like i don't like when people are fucking drinking and shit i'm like how the fuck do you do that like yeah it just doesn't seem like it's just i've been sitting around all year and i haven't gotten like i still look the same and still weigh the same but you know jumping around also have really bad asthma so i feel like my lungs just when you're doing that every day your lungs expand and just bringing them back there to where I'm not <laughs> gasping for air. Have you, but, yeah. have you worked with Dave Alvin at all or been, cause I know, cause Buck Owens, I know they're both from Bakersfield. I was just curious if you talked to him. Is Dave that. Alvin from Bakersfield? Yeah, they're from Bakersfield. Whoa. All, both Alvin brothers, Phil too? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. That um, has, So I played, oh, go ahead. I played with Dave Alvin when he was, when he played with uh, Peter Case. I played drums, and Dave Alvin played my guitar with Peter, which was really cool. Other than that, I haven't played with Dave Alvin, but I've met him and had really good conversations with him. That and dude has fucking I love, stories. <laughs> yeah. 
I love Fourth of July. Dave Alvin song. Yeah. Recorded by X. But yeah. Oh, I He's know. great. I didn't know. And he the that. blasters are great too. Yeah, it was when Dave Alvin was in uh, X that they did Fourth of July. But Dave Alvin wrote it. I'm also a huge X fan. And the first, my first show was the Blasters. Not with Dave Alvin, but with Phil Alvin. And um, I'm blanking on the guitar player's name right now. But with the gold top. Um, He's super good. Um, yeah, I saw the Alvin brothers at one of the Jail Guitar Door shows. And it was... Oh, cool. They fucking tore it up like it was like yeah. i forget who followed them but i was like "Ooh, i'm sorry like it was that blistering where i was yeah. like fuck yeah yeah they're, they're great was that as an x fan did you know them as kids as a kid were you around them or? yeah no but i saw them a lot and uh i just loved billy zoom so much and my brother's name was Bill, so we were obsessed with it. <laughs> like, oh, cool, a cool Bill. I just because uh, you played. Uh, did you play? Who'd you play in the video? Were you John Doe? I played John Doe. I had to dye my hair black, and my hair is still black. I had to cut all my hair off and dye it black <laughs> for the video. Was that uh, black? Do- black doesn't come out of hair. I found out. <laughs> oh, so you just have to grow that but, shit out? Yeah, I'm gonna cut it off soon, but. <laughs> uh, was that surreal and I don't know like yeah. to play? Oh yeah. How did yeah, that come it about? Was really, um, so Gilbert again, who filmed the last Starcrawler videos and the best Starcrawler videos and the Cash and Sky one, he does a bunch of videos and we usually help out. But it's during quarantine, so X couldn't get together to like be in a music video, and so they want, wanted some people to play them. And Gilbert knowing, Gilbert's a huge X fan too. And we were all like, okay, cool. So I'm cutting my hair off and dyeing it black because I'm obviously going to be Don Bill. <laughs> like, I re- like, I'm not passing off. I'm not passing up this opportunity. And our friend Kelly from Skating Polly was X scene. And then my brother cut his hair off and dyed it bleached blonde. And he was Billy Zoom. And, uh, one of Billy's silver jets sat in my house the whole week while we filmed that video. Wow. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. In the, have you seen the, um, X, uh, under the unheard music? No. The, well, it's, it's really good, but it's the documentary that I think came out in the late eighties or something. But, uh, there's the X from the X slacks building that they used to take on tour and have on stage sat in Gilbert and Arrow's house for like a month, which is really cool. But yeah, it was fun. And then afterwards, John Doe wrote me a really nice thing and super surreal, but it's cool. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's strange to me. Even for me, it's like you've met a thousand people and it's still always just like surreal. And I'm like, I'm friends with Wayne and I'm still, anytime I'm in the presence of Wayne, I'm like, Holy fuck, I'm hanging out with Wayne Kramer. This is totally surreal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my dad played in a band with uh, basically all the time I was growing up with this guy, Greg Boas, who was in a band, Texting the Horseheads, back in the day. But um, I remember one of the shows, 
he brought, um, or his girlfriend Kimberly brought with him poison ivy from the cramps. And I remember being like, oh, this woman's really nice and talking to her the whole time. And I played drums at the show. And she's like, you're a great drummer. And then afterwards, my dad was like, that's poison ivy. And I was like, what? That was poison ivy? And it's like little things like that were really cool getting to met, you know, John Doe and Maxine and all these people. It's really inspiring. Um, trying to think of any other Dan- good stories. Danny Bland. <laughs> oh yeah. Danny Bland was tour managing. Uh, Danny Bland was tour managing the whole MC 50 tour. He's a, that guy's life is just fucking crazy to me. I can't, there's another guy who I hear stories secondhand and he never like, I'm just like, every time I'm hanging out with him, I'm like, do I get a good story? Cause I don't want to ask. Cause that's not, especially about the nineties Seattle stuff. Cause he's no. got, yeah, he's only passing. He's, great. he's funny. Yeah. He's a funny, have you read his books? No. His novel is have not. his novel is basically a memoir, and that's uh, so uh, he and Wayne have yeah. like these just insane lives. Damn. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't wish I had that life, <laughs> but I'm happy to read about theirs. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty comfortable reading about stuff like that. I don't really want to. Yeah. Like I did some fucking up, but I didn't. I didn't do anything like that. But, yeah. But if you want to... crazy. We also... Me and my brother also grew up. Our best friend's dad was... Uh, he would host AA meetings and we'd just be running around AA meetings as a kid <laughs> listening to these crazy stories. <laughs> but, did you take those... So we heard... Oh, I was just going to ask you if that, like you, those were cautionary tales to you to hear, to hear those stories. I mean, they were just insane, man, but I'm not a junkie, so definitely, <laughs> it, it, it worked. <laughs> I think more kids should hear all these stories. Yeah, you know? when I was... A- Rather than sheltering your kids from knowing all the fucked up shit, if you're aware of it, you know? Yeah, I also so. think that's more like, I mean, not we're not the same generation, but like my parents, it's like, they didn't talk about fucking anything, so it's just like... Yeah. So of course I'm gonna like be like try stuff because I didn't know what the con- consequences were. Yeah. But with my kids, I'm gonna be like, you want to fuck up? Yeah. Real big. <laughs> yeah. Binge drink every day. Yeah. yeah. But in some, so it's worked. Like I know it works for some people. Kids are like, yeah, they did that, so I don't need to. But I know other kids are like. Yeah, my parents are like super sober, so fuck them. I'm going to go do gnarly shit. It's like, okay, so it doesn't always work good, but whatever. Yeah. You can try it. Um, well, I want to thank you for your time, Henry. Uh, yeah. I was really looking forward to this, and I've wanted to ask you for a few years. But I took uh, even when I took a break from podcasting, I was like, oh, fuck, I want to get this guy on. So you're one of the... Well, thanks for having me. for listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show 
on your iTunes or what have you not, and tell your friends about the show. That would mean a lot to me. As well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the com or Conversations with Dwyer at the Instagram, and you could learn more about the show, buy merch, and all those great things. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>